Welcome back to episode 6. I am your host, Teddy Maxwell, and with me as always is my co-host, Dirk Mason. Today we will bring you a new donor to the week. On Personnel Files, I will be discussing Special Forces Assessment and Selection, and Dirk will be diving deeper into his Police Academy experience. On Pop Culture Corner, we have the 2010 hit, The Other Guys, and we'll conclude, as always, with a new call of the week. Stick with us on Two Cops and a Donut. Now, the Donut of the Week. Mmm, donuts. So, Teddy, we have a new company, or store, that we got the donuts from this week. It is the Fractured Prune which they're located at 9696 East Arapahoe Road, Greenwood Village, Colorado, 80112. Yeah, man. Thanks for suggesting that. Yesterday, Dirk was asking me, where should we get the donuts this week? I was, I had no idea. I, I kind of felt like we were running out of donut places to go to, and then he sends me a link to Fractured Prune. Yeah, I used to live next to it uh, when we first moved here to Colorado, but they actually moved their store, so and they moved it further down south oh so they don't have multiple stores i think it's just that one they just have the one well fractured prune is a nationwide chain Uh, they started in ocean city maryland in 1976 and they've only been growing since then the thing that i like about this company is that their donuts are fresh like fresh made donuts like as you order them i've never seen that in a donut shop so there's no glass partition that you walk into and there's a soccer mom trying to pick out (laughs) oh what is this one (laughs) Ooh, ooh, chocolate with jelly filled. Ooh, no, it's none of that. It was looked like kind of like a like a sub like a sub sandwich shop or something with like, and they had like the list on the wall and you choose what you want. And they actually fry and make them right there, and they actually decorate the donuts right in front of you. It's extremely fresh. Yeah, I remember going in there for the first time. They have the little sheet that you can fill out which ones you want with all the flavors, and they have like this conveyor belt of the cake donuts rolling out and then as soon as they're hot they dip them in all the you know the toppings the frostings whatever flavor you pick out on the list funny that you mentioned the list because i (laughs) happen to have it right here what we got today was two bacon bombs yes that is a maple glazed donut with cinnamon and sugar and bacon crumbles on top we got two blueberry hills we got two carnivals two coffee cake two cookies and cream and two rocky shores Rocky Shore is a honey glazed cake donut with cinnamon sugar mint, and mini chocolate chips. Excuse me. What's your, what's yours? What's your donut of the week, Dirk? I did the, uh, what is it? The, the coffee cake. I, I mean, it was good. And oh, are we talking Drake's coffee cake? <laughs> not Drake's. Not as, not as good as Drake's. No. Really? <laughs> I think, man, I, we talked about it earlier. I just, I don't know. The fractured prune is strictly cake donuts, and I told you I'm a fan of the yeast ones. <laughs> Ugh. They can't be right all the time, Dirk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I happen to disagree with you. This is 
We'll go over the list later, but I'm telling you, the Fractured Prune, man, that's it for me. I mean, that place is dope. I think it's top dog. You know, the only thing is, I think a lot of people out there would be like, oh, give me that bacon bomb. Those two bacon bombs are still sitting in the box and they're staring me down. <laughs> I don't think I can. It's just too much for me, man. Bacon on top of a donut. There's a lot, too. And there's a that's like a full, like maybe two strips of bacon diced up and chucked on top of a maple glazed cinnamon sugar donut. Yeah, you'll have to see the post on our Instagram later. So, As always, we take photos of the donuts and the box, and we post it on Instagram and Facebook. And again, don't know why. People don't seem to really tune into the podcast as much as they look at our donuts Yeah, <laughs> on Instagram. I don't, I don't get it, man. I had uh, some guy messaged us or made a comment yesterday when I posted that we were doing this episode. And he, he says, hey, make sure you tag me in all your posts for all your donuts. I'm like... Does he have like a donut Instagram page? Uh, yeah, Mr. Oh. It, like I'll drop his name. It's Mr. Like Donut Guy or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's like, it might be one of those fake pages. I'm not sure that just like tries to get you to, right, sure. to do all those things. So you subscribe to their thing and get a ton of followers. I don't know how it works, but. Okay. So Dirk, tell me, we have our list of donut places. We've been to multiple now. Yes. Did you rank this one? How are you going to rank Fractured Prune on your list of all-time donuts that we've tried? Hmm. Well, in the order we had, I had Tasties up top, right? Yeah. So, for whatever reason. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I think Tasties is still going to be on top for me. Fractured Prune is, is delicious. Don't get me wrong. I like how soft and how warm the cake donuts are, and I like the flavors, but it's just it's going to stay near the bottom for me so i think i had like what did i have lamar's at the bottom no duncan's at the bottom it mm-hmm. definitely beats duncan donuts for sure so yeah i'd say so 100 <laughs> percent uh i'll put it in a tie with uh you know maybe fourth on my list Ugh. so Dirk, just disappointment <laughs> last two weeks just disappointing me at every turn well well, I'm going to respectfully disagree with you on that. We'll, we'll just go down the list. Week one, we had Dunkin' Donuts. Week two, we had Krispy Kreme. Week three, we had Lamar's Donuts. Week four, we had Tasty Donuts. Week five, we had Laura's Donuts. And week six, now we have the Fractured Prune. My list goes as follows. <laughs> Number one, Fractured Prune. Man. Takes the cake. <laughs> That's the crazy. best. Number two, Krispy Kreme. Number three is still a tie with Lamar's and Tasty Donuts. Number four, Laura's Donuts. And rounding out the bottom, as per usual, is Dunkies <laughs> at number five. All right. Well, I mean, it is our our list. We're going to disagree on it, so that's good. I I'd like prefer it. that we do agree, but whatever. Yeah, it's not always going to happen. We're not always perfect. <laughs> um, what coffee do you have today, by the way? I'm you brought so, up some new flavors. I did. I'm so excited <laughs> about this week's coffee. This week, well, actually, we'll say this episode is brought to you by bones coffee company we've been listing off a lot of names recently of like different flavors they have around 30 different flavors of coffee and i (laughs) ended up picking it what (laughs) dude i just like i had the cup that you brought the electric unicorn and i just can't get the taste out of my mouth it's so awesome and i've been super (laughs) excited about that one like i said my all-time favorite cereal is probably fruity pebbles and the electric unicorn i mentioned it on last week's show uh the electric unicorn is a fruity cereal flavored coffee i ended up getting a bunch of assortment bags the um the sample bags which are the four ounce bags they provide and i got uh electric unicorn i got pb and j which is peanut butter and jelly i got caramel apple i got strawberry cheesecake because that's one of my faves Mm -hmm. as well 
And then I got, of course, the Jacto Lantern. The PB&J, the Caramel Apple, and the Electric Unicorn were three I hadn't tried before, though. Right, yeah, I haven't either. So far, I had the Electric Unicorn, and then you just made what pot? The... We made the Caramel Apple. Yeah, in both top-notch. On point. Yeah. Definitely on time. And before you move on there, the Caramel Apple, it just put a touch of vanilla creamer in there, and the flavors just were brought out and i don't know like i can't taste vanilla no it's, no it's weird it just adds a little sweetness to it to where you taste more of the apple and the caramel and it's oh my god no it's ridiculously good i'm <laughs> hooked on this stuff and i think bones has a responsibility to, to tell their consumers to not drink like try all the bags at once right i know that's probably common sense for the everyday adult but for me i tried them all at once i had like six cups of coffee <laughs> like a 30 minute period and i was just like running around all day uh the electric unicorn did not disappoint man it is subtle it is not overbearing it's not they don't overdo it the caramel apple you're a fan of it i yeah. know that and i just recently went to michigan last week to visit family and i brought a <laughs> ziploc bag of the chocolate raspberry in my suitcase and i was thinking ah tsa is gonna think i have like a kilo of coke in there <laughs> it's just you know all they see on the screen is just like it looks like an object it's it's not gonna see its coffee but i had to bring it so my family could try so and they and what did they think they loved it they they're probably gonna do an order here soon so yeah my family's really really um they've all ordered sample bags they've really really grown accustomed to it i think bones is onto something uh, Dirk, where, if any of our listeners want to get Bones Coffee, where are they going to get it? Go to www.bonescoffee.com and try out the sample bags before you do anything else. Get five of them. They're five four-ounce bags for like 30 bucks. Just do it. Try it out. And maybe get some of the flavors we recommended. Throw, yeah. throw our name in the notes on the bottom. Say that you listened to this and maybe add it in the notes for them to see. And thank you, Bones Coffee, for bringing us episode six of Two Cops and a Donut. Dirk, what do we have next? Personnel files. Awesome. Stand by. So, Teddy, we'll be talking about SFAS. And what is that? That's Special Forces Assessment and Selection. So a lot of people, you'll hear them say, oh, I'm going to selection, or did you pass selection? And this is where you go and try out for special forces. That's correct. It's not, that's kind of a misconception. I think everyone thinks that once you're done with selection and you get selected, that you are, you get a green beret and you become a special forces guy. That's incorrect. Okay. What it is, is a tryout to allow you to continue training to become a green beret. So there's a lot more than what we just talked about last week. Yeah, a lot more, okay. a ton more. So Special Forces Assessment Selection currently is 19 days long. Over the years, they've changed the duration of it. It was 24 days long when my brother went through. Then they went to a 14-day period. A lot of people will understand it as 14 days because they saw the 2009 Discovery Channel documentary called Two Weeks in Hell. Okay. That gives you any indication on how difficult it is. Um, my class actually was the first 19-day class, and I believe they've stuck with 19 days since then. And when was that? Can you give us a date? Yeah, it was 2008. Okay, how so, old were you when you went through? God, what, 10 years ago, so 24, 23, something like that. Okay. That was a, yeah, that was a minute ago. <laughs> SFAS, basically it's broken down into like three phases. 
and they divided over the 19 days. So phase one's PT phase. Again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Phase two is land navigation phase, and phase three is team week. Or team week. It's not a full week. It's just team phase, basically. So in like, I'll give you an example. PT phase is they'll do a four-mile run, a six-mile run. They'll do a six-mile ruck and a 10 to 12-mile ruck. And the ruck is typically about 45 pounds of weight on your back, and it's for time. They time it. And you'll do, uh, this one's infamous, especially if you've seen the docu- the Discovery Channel documentary, it, the log and rifle PT, where they get you in the pit of ground-up tires and dirt, and they PT your balls off for like four <laughs> to six hours of just logs and rifle PT. Is this something that some like you can go and find online or something? Yeah, if you go to YouTube and you put two weeks in hell in, that clip immediately pops up. Okay. And basically what log and rifle PT, um, basically they put you in a pit that is filled with ground up rubber tires. Okay. They fill it with dirt and water and you have all these huge logs in it and they just line you up and for approximately three hours-ish that you do log PT. And it's just constant. You're holding it over your head. You're doing, you know, leg lifts. They're screaming at you. They're in your face with bullhorns. You're not moving your head around the log. You are picking up the log and moving it around your head. I mean, people pass out. People <laughs> hallucinate. You'll notice that if you ever watch the documentary. People are hallucinating. Why is that? They're, you get dehydrated to the point and you get so physically exhausted that you don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, it's actually it's quite comical. The medics step in. Number 90 has completely lost his bearings. Do you know where you are? Uh, and you heard that correctly when the medic asked him where he was he responded by saying hash browns so if that's any indication on how disoriented you can get in log and rifle pt that's a good sign right there i guess it's comical because it didn't happen to me right so that's the only time in selection where they're in your face screaming okay and we'll get to that in a second so you do that for three hours then you take a one mile run in the same, you know, you're in fatigues basically and you're covered in dirt, you're wet, you're sweaty, you're dehydrated and you make a one mile run to an airfield where they have these rubber rifles waiting for you and you do rifle PT for about three hours and everyone's like, ah, oh, like a 10 pound rifle, like that can't be difficult. Well, <laughs> you'd be wrong. I've seen uh, in like the Michigan State Police, they have them hold out a metal folding chair, which weighs what, maybe five pounds? Mm-hmm. And they hold it out for a long freaking time, and that shit gets heavy. Oh, yeah. Like, it will exhaust you to the point where you feel like you're going to die. Yeah. So that's always the one that everyone sees, especially if they watch a documentary, and they're like, oh, my God, how did you survive that? Well, they do it once in the documentary. Uh, We had to do it twice. We had a lot of people quit. We started with 330 people, and we think we finished with about 98. That's just, like, the people that finished actually went from the whole 19 days was about 98 jeez and not everyone gets selected so you could pass and still not get selected right and that's kind of the mind game they play with you because like i said the log and rifle pt is the only time that they are actually in your face screaming at you uh, other than that they just they don't do any of that they don't yell at you they just write on the board what you want to do so for example if you're going to go for the run 
they say you're going to run on this this path until you reach the end you don't know if it's a one mile run you don't know if it's a 10 mile run Ugh. so how are you supposed to appropriately pace yourself right so you don't know and that's the thing and people will like exhaust themselves to the point of you know, passing out because they're like, they go super fast for the first two miles and then there's four more miles to go and you don't know. Oh man, that would suck. And they're just evaluating you. You have a number, there's no rank, you have a number and I was number 79, I'll never forget it. Uh, (laughs) You have a number and uh, that's it. And they just, they'll evaluate you from afar. They'll watch every move you make and then they'll make, they take notes on you and at the end, they compile all that data and then they figure out whether you're going to move on and just train to be a Green Beret. Are you wearing like a GPS or like an ankle monitor or anything? When you go for the runs and the rucks, they, they have a little um, chip mm-hmm. that you tie into your, your boot lace. And as you leave, it like marks your time. And as you arrive, you cross the line and they have like a, it like scans as you cross. So they know that. That's um, like the same thing in my academy in New Mexico when we did our like weekly like mile and a half runs mm-hmm. that's how they would mark our time right the same it, way when you have so many people how do you appropriately do that when you have people you know leaving at certain times and getting back at certain times and like you'll have people finish you know like a four mile run i could finish that in under 30 minutes at the time right you know what i mean then you'll have some guys that would take 50 minutes so it was hard to keep track of everyone yeah so that's pt week that's like four to five days long <clears throat> it's non-stop uh, then you go to land nav week and land nav week is basically your ability to read a map, your ability to move long distances with a ruck on your back of all your equipment. And you, I mean, it's all day. It's they, they constantly, ours was six days long and you put just miles and miles and miles on your feet. I, I don't care to venture how many miles I walked in six days. I would say probably I'm going to go with over a hundred. Where was this at again? This is at Camp McCall, North Carolina. Okay. And I've never been there, but mm-hmm. there's I mean, what mountain ranges or anything run through there? Where no it's... mountain ranges. It's, it's approximately 20 miles from Fort Bragg. And like I said before in the other episode, it's primarily where we do all the special forces training. So it's mostly flat over there. That's correct. So at the end of uh, Land Nav Week, you do something called the Star Course. It's a 10-hour uh, event where they give you certain points to find on the map. And if you get all four, you finish the Star Course. And you've that's like 100%. Okay. If you get two, you're kind of like okay three is really good and four is obviously what you strive to get you get all four points and it creates a star on the map um the following that you do team week where they put you in teams they give you all of these problems you have to solve and they'll say hey you need to move these four logs 10 miles figure it out <laughs> you know what i mean and right. you have like a certain amount of people and then they give you leadership positions um and then they judge how good of a leader you are so if, you know and that's when you have people stressing out and people freaking out on each other and then they're you have a guy watching every move you make. At the end, they take all your PT scores, they take everything, um, your land navigation scores, your team phase, they watch how you do everything, and then the team will you grade each other on the team. Okay. You give blue slips for people that do really well, and you give pink slips for people that are just kind of dirtbags and don't do anything really well. They compile all that data, and then at the end, you get into a big room, and they call your numbers out, and it's stressful. Do You, you may not know this, but is like PT or is other things rated higher does it have a percentage like pt's rated like 80 percent, so 80 percent of your score is from pt or is it well as i recall i had a after i was selected they brought you into a room and they give you like like an overall assessment they'll say hey listen you are a pt stud you crushed it like you know i think 
at the time, because I was in an 18 x-ray, as I said before, when we were in the special forces prep course, Mm -hmm. we were on the same thing, working out all day, every day. So all the new guys, we were in better shape than everyone. Our ruck times, our run times, we were way better. So we were really, really bringing a lot to the table PT wise. Right. Land navigation. I didn't finish the star course. There was two nights of it. If you finished it the first night, you were done and you got the second night off. When I say you got the second night off, you just didn't have to go out. Right. <laughs> so I got three on each time. Okay. And then team week, I did extremely well. I just did a good job. I got lucky. I got fortunate that I had a good team because mm-hmm. a really strong team will help make your job as a leader really easy. Right. Not and there were some teams, I mean, we'd be done by 2 p.m., 3 p.m. every single day. There were some teams that were like, hey, you know, they'll give you a bunch of like like 40 pound barrel or 40 gallon barrels with like a bunch of rope some long beams and a bunch of tires and they're like move this from point a to point b and point b you know it's like five miles and you build a contraption to carry the barrels that long and you have to as a leader you have to come up with a game plan on how you're going to do it and if you have a really strong team you can get that done in like two hours three hours tops right done every day by 3 p.m and there were some teams walking in at 1 a.m oh my gosh because they were so fucked up that's crazy so that's, you know, basically bare bones, special forces assessment and selection. You go through those three phases and then they determine whether you have, it's basically determining if you have the potential to continue training. So what's after that? So after that, uh, like I said, they give you your assessment at camp a call. I mean, you've lost, I've, I think I lost in the 19 days, I lost something like almost 30 pounds. Jeez. My knees were the size of softballs because you're <laughs> carrying, I, I've never been so swollen ever. Uh, you lose a ton of weight. You're gone. Uh, a friend of mine, I won't say his name. His last name's, his first name's Dan. Dan is um, a light skinned black guy mm-hmm. and he turned white. Like his skin turned white because he was so like dehydrated and so overworked that he even said it. He goes like, I'm white now <laughs> because of that. <laughs> like it really taxes your body to the point where like you lose all color in your skin. You're just like a ghost and That's you're just crazy. gone. Yeah. It was very intense. It was a great experience. If anyone ever wants to check it out and see kind of how uh, special forces assessment and selection works, you can go on YouTube and uh, YouTube two weeks in hell. And they did a full documentary on the discovery channel. It's really, really cool. You can get bits and pieces and it shows how intense it is and how cool it is. Like I said, it was a great experience. I wouldn't want to do it again, but well, yeah. And if anybody's in it right now and has questions, I mean, they can email you yes two cops and a donut at gmail.com and you'll answer their questions i'll answer any question anyone has if they're thinking about going to the army and you don't have to go special forces you can go do anything i have deep respect for anyone that just joins the military i'll give you my honest opinion and if i have any insight i can bring to you i have friends that are still in and i can give you updated information actually one of my best friends from college is starting to do it right now oh well yeah he's in basic training so he's got a long road ahead of him but you know we've right every day and give him as much info as i can that's awesome yeah so dirk up next we have continuation of your first police academy in new mexico so teddy i have to be honest the fractured prune is turning my insides (laughs) yeah you know i would say that we took a break if any of you guys noticed that we took a full week off because dirk went back home to michigan yeah it was a welcome break for me. My body is not adjusting well to the sugar and empty carbohydrates that I'm ingesting every Friday. <laughs> but uh, I'm feeling okay, I suppose. How many have you had? How many donuts? I'm on number four. I'm not gonna. T- I'm not going for the bacon <laughs> ones, man. Those look horrible. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Uh, I'm feeling okay. Uh, I think it's probably the four cups of coffee I've had that's keeping me going, though. I'm about maybe 45 minutes away from cranky, <laughs> cranky teddy phase. <laughs> so, uh, Dirk, let's get into it, man. Yeah, we talked about your police academy experience last week, so keep going. I want to hear more. Yeah, we talked about like the whole taser, pepper spray, you know, what's better, what's worse. Uh, I just wanted to continue on of like kind of like the academy life and what you probably have experienced too in your basic training for the army and everything. I didn't really talk about how like you go in like not knowing anybody and then you develop a relationship with uh, other people and you're forced to like room with people that you don't know. Now uh, when you when you did that, did you get along with the person that you were matched with? I did. I actually uh they did it by last names. Mm-hmm. So oh, alphabetical order. Yeah, and I knew a guy, his last name was Smith, and mm-hmm. he was a cool guy. He was actually in New Mexico's Game and Fish, and I still talk to him today, but uh, I was roomed with a Santa Fe uh, police officer, or uh-huh. Santa Fe County, and he had a last name with an R, and so I was roomed with him, and he like had already been through like the military academies and knew like the secrets, like the trade to get through all this stuff to basically not do anything but get it all done you know what i mean right and when you said that like you don't know anyone when you start and you it's it's all shared terrible experience that like brings people together right and once you experience these like really terrible aspects it's kind of like you feel like you're in a secret club that you know what i mean like you can and that's military that's police that's fire that's like anyone that you experience these really terrible things and it's like ah brought us closer together right (laughs) well and this guy from santa fe he taught me a trick of you know how i'm assuming you did this in basic you fold the corners of the end of the bed at like a triangle yeah and then you have to fold it so it's super tight on top the blankets yeah four inch fold yeah with the the sheets over the blankets sure yeah so we had to do that and we had the inspections and everything well he told me he like after the first like week we were instructed to do this he goes dude bring a blanket from home sleep on top of your bed Mm mm-hmm and don't mess anything up. So he actually helped me make the bed because I had no idea what the hell I was doing. I wasn't in the military. So he ma- helped me make my bed. And I slept on top with just like a tiny little blanket that I could hide <laughs> yeah. from the instructors. Oh, we did this, the same thing in the army because the instructors will walk around with a ruler to make sure that you have a perfect four inch fold. And when you're not getting much sleep and you have to wake up in the morning, right? it's better when the bed's already completely made. You might tug on the sheets a little bit to tighten them. But other than that, I mean, yeah, that's that's a trade secret to anyone going to the police academy or going to the military. Yeah, and it's like you learn to sleep sitting still. <laughs> like yeah. you do not move to, so you, you know your conscious mind is saying you're gonna have to. If you screw up this bed, you're gonna have to redo the whole thing. So because it'll take you, I'm gonna say, a solid ten minutes to make your bed correctly. And when you wake up in the morning, you want to get as much sleep as you can. So you don't want to waste ten minutes in the morning making your bed. Well, right, because you got to shower, shave, and do all the other stuff. Right. And you're rushed. You're all sweaty from PT in the morning. It's just, it was a good thing that this guy taught me. It got me through. I mean, I got an extra 10 to, for me, I would say it would have taken a half hour because I'm just right. an idiot when it comes to making that bed. What kind of blankets did you have in the police academy? Like, were they wool blankets, like in the army? No, it was more like a, I don't know how to describe it, but it was like a thin, almost like a flannel. It was really weird. Flint. Oh, okay. I don't so know. it wasn't. It was like, like the, the gr- old brown colored, like really thin. Had it was like a little fuzzy. Yeah, that's the same. Those are wool. Oh. I'm pretty sure that's a wool blanket. It's a thin wool blanket. It's similar to what we had in the army, but 
And what was the blanket you had on top of you? I brought just a like a kind of a thicker cotton, like a homemade almost like quilt. Quilt, okay. Yeah. Because we had these uh, nylon blankets. They're called the, the nickname was called a whoopie. Oh, okay. It's, it's actually a, uh, <laughs> a poncho poncho liner. Yeah. It's called a whoopie, and it's fucking retarded. so fucking stupid. I was like, why do they call it a whoopie? And someone's like, because you would be cold if you didn't have this fucking thing. <laughs> oh my god. So dumb. But that's what that was my blanket that I used on top because they were so warm. Okay. Yeah, I mean. I don't know, man. That was like the best thing that happened to me because it saved time. I when <laughs> it was cool because those triangles stayed fo- folded in the corner, and when the you know the instructors walked by and you were just tightening it up, it mm-hmm. looked like you were just finishing, you know, making your bed. And they're like, "Oh wow, this guy's squared away." Oh, one last inspection for your old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, top, want to come in? Check my blankets. Yeah, you bring in your ruler, man. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So, and then you wouldn't get your bed tossed, and then you sure. wouldn't have to remake it. So that was good. But you develop the relationships with the people you are, you know, staying the night with every night, four or five nights a week, and then your neighbors. Now, would you go out with these guys? Like, like I know that you guys were kind of from different places in New Mexico, but would you ever like, hey, let's get a hotel in Santa Fe or ABQ and go like party for the weekend? We did. Uh, Halloween was like one of the biggest things that we went out for. So I stayed in Albuquerque with a couple of guys, and we all went out to the bars down in Al- Albuquerque, but I never stayed in Santa Fe. It was just expensive, so. Yeah, Santa Fe, is, it's weird. It's I like it. I think it's there's something very charming about it, but it's boring. Yeah, it is. There's really not much going on up there. But other than that, like the stuff that you, like I told you before, they didn't allow caffeine or protein, protein shakes, anything like that, mm-hmm. so. When we were doing our three meals a day, you get breakfast at like 6 a.m. Right. And then lunch is at noon. And then dinner's like at, it's almost like 3.30, 4 o'clock. And it's like. <laughs> You're starving for the rest of the night. I know. So I'm like, how do I go around this to where I can eat like after, because like at 5 o'clock, the instructor's left. Could you have any food in the barracks? No. <laughs> like they wouldn't allow anything? Nothing. So That's like. Weird. Four o'clock you eat, right? Mm-hmm. And then, or 4.30, the instructors go home right after that. And then you're stuck. You have to stay in the barracks. And they have like this one, there was like the nicest jolly old guy that like watched us at night. So you couldn't go off no. out of the barracks? No. Okay. You're st- stuck in the room from five to nine. Five to nine was like your study time. You could converse with other people, walk the hallways, you know. Yeah, Just basically relaxing. get into trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Supposed to be doing your homework, but that never happened. Were you like, hey, Joe, we'll throw you an extra 10 bucks if you go get us a couple of pies? <laughs> this guy was so nice, we didn't want to ever get him in trouble. But right. He would let us off to go work out, like to use the gym. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't even supposed to do that, like to start with. Um, but then we got permission afterwards. We started working out. But um, I found out a way. I had a, because uh, you bring in your luggage for your clothing and everything for the week. Right. So I found a a luggage thing with a zip bottom okay and it was like the instructors would check your suitcase but they wouldn't like you know i, I don't know they wouldn't do it completely so i <laughs> that's like that's like johnny depp and blow you've got like a false bottom and like those old hard suitcases where you, you pack in like two kilos of coke but instead you've got like peanut butter and like snacks dude that's i would funny, dude i would literally bring in like powdered uh protein shakes and then protein bars, it would just be filled with the bottom. So if they ever touched it, I would take out the you know, noisy plastic mm-hmm. so it would just feel like the bottom of the suitcase. 
Got so yeah, because you get to leave for the weekend. So I mean, that was every opportunity for you to smuggle in contraband. Yeah, which in this case was basically just like food. Well, I told you we're working out. Like every almost hour, you're doing some physical activity. You're getting smoked for something. You're push. You're in the freaking leaning rest for. <laughs> oh, I hated that. Yeah, and when when he says leaning rest, the front leaning rest is you're in an upright push up position. Yeah, and you're just you don't think it'd be hard. You're like lock your elbows out. But it is so, like your arms will start shaking after 30 seconds, 40 seconds. It's terrible. Well, and you're burning so many calories. And then the, the chow hall food is, it's homemade, but it's really not that good, man. They try to give you the high calorie stuff to where they're giving you chicken fried steak, chicken fried chicken, mashed potatoes, oh, gravy, sure. all the carb loads you could think of, pizza. Which is, I mean, it's fucking bullshit because you're like, oh, the last time I get fed is at like 3.30 p.m. And this is like before the intermittent fasting craze came about. And right. You're burning thousands of calories a day just through physical activity. Like, you need more. Yeah, and I'm starving at 5 o'clock when the instructors <laughs> leave, you know, an hour later. So Give me I, a goddamn protein <laughs> bar. <laughs> Dude, I started sneaking in. Uh, have you ever heard of Kill Cliff? Yeah. So those things are awesome for recovery. Mm-hmm. I started drinking those when I was in there, and I would just shove a couple in my bag, too. The reason I know Kill Cliff, it started by, like, a Navy SEAL or something, right? Yeah. And um, it's a lot of it's a performance-based um, supplement company, correct? Yeah. Okay. And the, the recovery portion of it's awesome. Like, you feel really good after, you know, a workout. So I would have those stuffed in there. You know, at 9 o'clock rolls around, you hear... And I'm <laughs> the sound it. of carbonation <laughs> cracking in a, a fresh can of Kill Cliff. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd be chugging one of those down, you know, shoving my face with a protein bar just to stay alive at night. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember that. It's funny that you mentioned that because I had friends that went to ranger school in the army. Mm-hmm. And you lose like a historic, like epic amount of weight in ranger school because same thing. You don't get fed a lot in your constant PT. And I heard someone try to... St- they sewed in peanut butter packets into the lining of their uh, wet weather coat. And the wet weather coat's heavy. It's like a very, very heather, uh, heavy Gore-Tex coat mm-hmm. and probably weighs like three pounds. And I evidently, the, I heard the instructor lifted it up and it was like 14 pounds. Because <laughs> he sewed in like 14 or like 10 pounds of like singular peanut butter packets into oh the lining. Yeah. So, you know what that reminds me of? What? The movie Heavyweights. <laughs> Dude, I love that part where he's like searching the room for all the uh, all, all the food, and then like the Pez dispenser. Yeah, chipmunks download. I don't enjoy this part of the job, but it's vital to the success of the Perkis system that we remove all temptation from your lives. Looks like my man's packet. Who would like to own up to this treasure trove? Hmm? Whose wonderful candies are these? Oh, look! A deli meat! ID cards. Yes, Tony. Let's see. Anyone who brings candy into this camp is not your friend. He opens the Pez dispenser and unloads it, and when the Pez (laughs) hits the ground, it sounds like rounds hitting. A shell casing, (laughs) yeah. Oh my god, that's a good point. I love that. Oh yeah, Ben Stiller, and that's great. Um, but no, man, I I want to continue more of this. Uh, it's just the little things that I took out of it, and that I can get into some more next week too. 
Right. And those are the little things that make, makes you remember like the good aspects yeah. of in the most memorable aspects. It's the little tiny things of going through all that stuff because obviously, you know, we cover this in like a 30 minute period, but you're talking six months, six man. months worth, you yeah. know, and these are the little things that stick out and the little things that stick in your memory. So thanks for sharing that. That's the stuff I've really loved to like reminisce <laughs> on, you know? Right. So that's cool. And not a lot of people would know about it. And you see, I guess I had the inside of this beforehand. So I was like, I don't know how I would describe my attitude going into it. I was kind of scared, but then I knew like these, like the people I've met a couple times, I guess, going, because you go through the certain periods of like, I guess the aspects of like, you have to do the mile and a half run every time a couple months before the academy. So you meet these people a little bit. Yeah. So then you get to start to know them and build that relationship. And then you'll be like, hey, dude, don't worry about it. You know, this is just like the guy I... I mentioned last, I think it was last week, Geo. He was from in the county that I worked in, mm-hmm. and he was in the Marine Corps. And he's just like, this is, you know, this no, is easy. Yeah. yeah. So, but I think that happens with anything with these. Uh, every time you go into any type of any academy or any type of paramilitary thing, is you have a bit of anxiety because you don't know what's coming. Right. And your successful completion of that is your career. I mean, it's hard to make light of like going into something like that and it's a it's a big thing and this was in the military this is in the police academy it's anything you do that's paramilitary you have this feeling of anxiety of like will i make it right and even though if you're physically fit you know all everything there's still that thing in your back of your it's head. in the back of your head and yeah. the cool thing is is that even when special forces training even with the police academy the one we went through right when you went through new mexico it's if if you are have a good attitude and you're in good shape you're gonna be fine right and that's pretty much it. So Yeah, one more tidbit about the guy Geo that I'm telling you about. One thing that I remember after lunch Is this the Marine? Yeah. Okay. Funniest guy in the world, man. He'll like so after lunch, you just stuff your face. He's over there eating jalapeno peppers and like joking. Like just like he'll eat a salad and just chomp on a jalapeno pepper <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't phase him. But we go back into the barracks, they smoke you after lunch. Sure. And they're like, Get on the ground, you know, so and then you go in the push-up position, and then they'll be like, okay, get down. They still want you to hold the position, like, I would almost say in, like, a Spider-Man type thing. Yeah, to like where time you... under tension where you're you're completely holding your body weight halfway down. Right, or really close to the ground, sure. but nothing's touching. He would literally set his chest, like, on the on the uh, the ground, and then shake his arms. Oh, so yeah, it, yeah. it looked like he was struggling. <laughs> oh, that's an old Marine trick. That's an old military trick. You yeah. gotta, yeah. I was just like, dude, you are, and what we would call him is shitbag and we give out the award of the week at the academy shitbag of the week Geo every <laughs> Geo time. gets it every time <laughs> yeah but he was smart i mean he like you, you were saying with the other was he the one that showed you the uh, bed making thing uh no it was a different guy but those are the little tricks that you learn and yeah. when i get into uh seer school mm-hmm. survival evasion resistance escape we'll talk a little bit more about the, the faking and the working your way through and cutting corners so oh, that's good. really cool man so what do we have next dirk pop culture corner with uh, the 2010 yes hit the other guys starring mark Wahlberg and will ferrell i'm really excited about this stand by tell me once again why i got on this roof i chalked that up to bad life choices <laughs> in the toughest city in the world nobody fights crime like these guys Somebody call 9-1, holy sh- <laughs> And then 
there's the other guys. Stop humming that song. We know, we know. All the gunfights, all the car chases, all the sex we don't want to have with women, but we have to, I'll do to what you guys do. And we do it again and again. Hey, 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 if I want to hear you talk, I will shove my arm and work your mouth like a puppet. Peace out. Yeah. Real, real characters. Yeah. You stopping me? What? I think you're a fake cop. I hear a guy who's probably a little insecure. All units, we've got a possible jumper. We all know you're in a very dark place right now. I'm gonna do it! You're feeling as if sweet death is your only release. Oh, we got a second jumper! Oh, look, he's flying! Oh. Hi. Who are you? I'm his wife. It's a ball and chain. Oof, come on, seriously, who is that? I am a real cop. I'm working on a huge case. You're coming with me. <laughs> it's a wooden gun. Oh! Listen up. We need your cooperation. Run! We are doing a lot of property damage. Oh, cool, a helicopter. Where'd you learn to drive like that? Grand Theft Auto. I want to do good cop, bad cop. I come strong, and then you come in. Got it. I want to know everything now. Okay, well, I'll talk to you. You're reasonable. No, no, no. You want to talk to me? I thought you said bad cop, bad cop. I am a peacock. You gotta let me fly. Pick another bird. Peacocks, they don't fly, Terry. They don't, do they? Just let them have it, Captain. The other guys. The Other Guys is a 2010 American buddy cop action film directed by Adam McKay and starring Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg, and Michael Keaton. This movie follows two mismatched New York City detectives who are trying to seize an opportunity to step up like the city's top cops whom they idolize. Only things don't go quite as planned. <laughs> and the two top cops they're talking about are played by none other than Samuel L. Jackson and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. What do you have to say about this, Dirk? Well, I'll start off with I do like the opening scene. I think it's awesome. It starts out with like a Starsky and Hutch type thing where they're in an SS Camaro or Chevy Camaro chasing down some bad guys that are shooting at them. And they say they blow up, what, like $12 million worth of damage in the first scene. And he's just like, for what, a half a pound of marijuana? And they're like, let's let the city decide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's like a, it's a satire of like action movies where you know how the detectives we talked about this in Lethal Weapon too how there's no accountability right for their actions or like the amount of damage they cause for you know like in this case you were saying it's half a pound of marijuana was it worth twelve million dollars <laughs> damage right um, in Lethal Weapon they don't address that but this movie I think is supposed to make fun of all that bullshit you see in the other action movies yeah and uh, another one would be like Rush Hour we'll get to that one that's one of my other favorite ones but yeah they do that in Rush Hour as well you know, one of the things you mentioned to me before is like the dialogue between the two characters and you said this movie has a lot of one-liners that you really enjoyed. Yeah, in the first scene, right when they introduce Terry, and what's uh, Will Ferrell's character's name? Do you remember? Yeah, do, uh, Detective Alan Gamble. Alan Gamble. <laughs> they start off like Terry hates him because he's like sitting there smiling, like typing on the keyboard, and they just the back and forth between them. How he's like he describes what he would do to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. No, I don't like you. I think you're a fake cop. The sound of your piss hitting the urinal. 
It sounds feminine. Mm -hmm. If we were in the wild, I would attack you. Even if you weren't in my food chain, I would go out of my way to attack you. If I were a lion and you were a tuna, I would swim out in the middle of the ocean and freaking eat you. And then I'd bang your tuna girlfriend. <laughs> I, think, I love that part. I think it's just like, it's perfect to show like how opposite they are as police officers. Like Alan Gamble, like loves sitting behind the computer, doesn't want any action. He's happy being an accountant for the NYPD. And then you have Terry Hoyt's Mark Wahlberg's character who is dying behind the desk and just wants to get out and do stuff and he hates will ferrell for that and the reason why he's behind the desk is because he shot Derek jeter yeah he shoots <laughs> Derek jeter and then he's relegated to going to counseling sessions with the other group of cops who has had to use their firearms in the line of duty <laughs> so and they all hate him because of that because he shoots Derek jeter during the world series and then they end up losing the world series subsequently so cost some 20 grand on that game so teddy i have imdb pulled up right now and top build casts is Derek jeter is number three is that insane that's insane he has like quite literally a five second role in that movie and i mean he gets paid isn't wasn't he the top paid mlb player too i don't know i i don't know i'm i fucking hate the yankees so yeah. well yeah you're from your boston so yeah, I but that is crazy. That. I mean, I don't know if that's just like a IMDb snafu, but I mean, someone like Derek Jeter, who's not an actor, shouldn't get top billing. Well, I mean, Eva Mendez, Michael Keaton, you have The Rock, you have Samuel Jackson. They're below I mean, Derek Jeter. They're below Derek Jeter. <laughs> that's I just, crazy. Yeah, I think it's a crazy aspect of it. Because The Rock is like one of the biggest movie stars in the world right now. Right now, yeah. And that's this crazy. is what, 2010. So what do you like about the film? I, I'm with you. I, I, I love the, the dialogue. I love the, the one-liners. I love the... It's kind of little games they play, particularly against Alan, who no one really seems to like or respect. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, there's one scene in particular where they're really, really trying to screw over Alan, and it's uh, played by Damon Wayans Jr. and Rob Riggle, because um, they're kind of the next detectives in line to take over after uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Samuel L. Jackson's character. Who are, They're the top cops. They're like the Murtaugh and Riggs of the department who get in all the action. And they end up dying. <laughs> right. They end up dying, and uh, Rob Riggle and Damon Wayne Sr. take over for them. So, And they absolutely hate Terry Hoyts, and they hate Alan Gamble. So there's that one part where they, uh, they're playing games with them. They're trying to get him to screw up to the point where he either gets fired or reprimanded severely. And uh, they talk about the desk pop. <laughs> and, uh, they were like, how come you never fired your weapon in the office before? Good point. I'm sorry, I don't follow. You've never fired your weapon in the office. We all have, you know. It's called a desk pop. Fellas, look, I, I know you don't respect me as a police officer. Not true. I'm not stupid. I'm not Bro, going to discharge on, my firearm in the office. Gamble, listen to me. I'll try to make it real clear. We yeah. honor the flag, and you crap on it when you don't shoot your gun in the office. Jimmy, when's the last time you had a desk pop? September 08. Be a man. Do this out. Please, please do it. Pop one off. There you go. Pop it off. Don't think, just Don't go. Think. Here we go. Do it, yes. Oh, 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 <laughs> so after that, after he does his desk pop, nothing happens other than he receives a wooden gun, right, from the captain? Yeah, I mean, realistically, if you fired your weapon willingly into an office, like, suspended, weapon taken away from you, you're going home, and they just give him, like, a wooden gun for ceremony. Um, and it's funny, because... Those are the two guys that are, like I said, took over for The Rock and Samuel L. Jackson, who were the top detectives. They right. were like movie stars in the NYPD. And at the beginning of the movie, like you said, they have the huge car chase and all that stuff happens. 
and then the two of them are unceremoniously killed in the movie and you said this is one of your favorite parts right i love when they chase those bad guys on top of the roof and then they're looking down they're like "Ooh, what do they say special forces like ripcord or something they're, they're professionals or something yeah yeah they're rocks Ooh, it's a special forces zip line uh as a special forces guy there is no such thing as a special forces zip line but yet they decide to <laughs> leap off a building to go catch these guys favorite quote second favorite quote besides the tuna one <laughs> is yeah they're just like you know aim for the bushes special forces zipline these guys are pros you thinking what i'm thinking partner aim for the bushes <laughs> so what did you say your like third or first favorite quote after that is Oh, the that's true, because if you actually watch the movie, right after he says that, aim for the bushes, they jump off about a 30-story building and land on a sidewalk, and later, it's something very obvious, I thought it was hilarious that Mark Wahlberg says, there wasn't even an awning in their direction. Like, nothing to break their fall. They just thought they were so invincible. It was just great. I, that, I thought that was absolutely hilarious. One thing I should bring up, one of the, my favorite aspects of the movie is the return of Michael Keaton to comedic acting. Not a lot of people know this, but in the 80s, he was like a big com- comedian. He's a big comedic actor. And people, especially in the DC universe, all those little comic book like nerds were fucking pissed when Tim Burton cast him as Batman. And, I didn't know that. Yeah, 1989. It was like, this is pre-internet and people being able to like blog and stuff, but evidently like comic fans were pissed. I thought Michael Keaton was the best Batman, personally. I thought he did an awesome job turning into like a serious actor. But this is kind of like one of the movies where he was getting back to comedy, and I thought he was awesome. I thought he like kind of tied together the movie, personally. Yeah, he did do a good job, I thought. Yeah. Keaton's supposed to be like their commanding officer, but he's dealing with his own personal issues in regards to being a police officer and like raising a family. <laughs> the part where he says, I've got two jobs. I work here, and I work at Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I work both jobs so I can put my son through NYU so he can be a DJ. <laughs> like, he's just awesome. He's a really good comedic actor. And I think not long after that, he won an Academy Award for that Birdman? Yeah. Yeah, so he's he's a good actor. And uh, I love the way he tied this movie together comedically. Uh, like I said before, he did a really good job. He has that balance, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think of the storyline of this movie? To be honest, man, I really didn't I didn't like it. Yeah, it seemed like the storyline was just thrown in there haphazardly just to get Wolf Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg together. To get the cast together and so they could just say a lot of funny like one-line things. Yeah, you know what I mean? I mentioned that to you before, the whole one-liner thing is the best part of the whole thing and the I like the opening scene with Samuel Jackson and the rock you know diving off the building but that's i don't know the story nothing else does it for me in the movie like i said the banter back and forth between the characters it's good but yeah i think ultimately they band together to stop a wealthy investor who's stolen billions of dollars from the the state lottery fund but it turns out doesn't it like it's part of the pension plan or something right at the end yeah it's it's something weird like that it's it was, like, it was a very weak story, and it was just kind of, like I said, I think it was put together just to bring those guys together, but it was funny because it shows Mark Wahlberg's character progress to the point of sitting behind a desk because he shoots Jeter, and then he gets in trouble again, so then he goes and he's a traffic cop directing traffic. Right. Then he turns out to love that job because he stops getting so much flack because he's basically by himself just directing traffic. 
And then he goes back to wanting to be like Mr. Action Cop. And then you see Will Ferrell's character, Alan Gamble, go through this like progression of like, I'm happy behind a desk and Mark Wahlberg's shown me what it's like to be an action cop. Now I'm super depressed. They have that scene where he's <laughs> crushing a Mike's Hard Lemonade while he he bench presses like 80 pounds and like a wife beater. And drinking a whole fifth of like whiskey or something. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's cool. And that's like classic Adam McKay. I think this is probably one of his weaker movies in terms of the comedic value, you know? Right. And we mentioned like he did the... He did Anchorman, he did Talladega Nights, he did Step Brothers. I mean, right. the guy's done some good stuff. This movie, it didn't get a... Like, you said you didn't like it. I loved it when I first saw it. I thought it was hilarious. When I saw the movie, I think I went in theater and actually saw it in 2010, and I actually had to... Like, I wasn't into it. And then my friend was like, hey, try it again, watch it again. And mm-hmm. then I liked the... Like, I told you, the comedic like stuff that's in between the guys, and that's it. Like... Yeah, it seems like when they were on set or something, like, maybe a lot of this wasn't scripted. I don't know, because they have little tidbits that just crack me up. Yeah. And it doesn't seem scripted to me. I don't know. How could you write? I just don't understand, man. Some of these writers, I mean, how can you write a joke like that? I know, I know. I don't know where they come from. So in terms of cop movies, we've gone over quite a few. Uh, This would be our third comedic police officer movie. We did Hot Fuzz, Super Troopers, and now this one. Where does this one rank in terms of just entertainment, in, in terms of like real cop type stuff? Like, how do you how do you feel about this one? You know, I I think it brings the aspect of being with someone. How you get to, regardless of what you like, if you like the same stuff or, but if you work with a person every day, you're going to develop a relationship, and that's like the most thing I could relate to being with the police related stuff. Yeah, that, they develop some type of rapport, even though they technically don't get along to start. Right. They find some common ground and they develop a rapport. Yeah. So, and that's accurate. I mean, I would say 100% accurate. You know, the most inaccurate thing I think we brought it up already is that these guys would have been fired like 12 times over, like by mid movie. You know, driving into a crime scene, running over a body, and hitting a bag of cocaine. cocaine. <laughs> this yeah. is Alan Gamble coming to you in a cocaine covered car. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. I thought it was great. I thought it was a really good movie. I was bummed by the reception it got, but what would you rank it out of 10? Uh, out of the movies we did, comedy movies, I, I have to agree. I'd say it's probably last. I, I think Hot Fuzz and Super Troopers are better. Yeah. I, I just don't... I think it's close. I don't think that those ones were, like, way better, you know? No. I so. mean, I would I would agree. At, on a scale of 1 to 10, it's probably about a 4.5 to I, a 5. I give it a 7, so... Damn. Yeah. All right. So that's our pop culture corner this week. We had the other guys. Dirk, what do we have coming up next? I think we should do The Departed. Oh, yeah, The Departed would be a good one. Bring it back to the serious note here. Yeah, that'll be a serious movie. We can do The Departed next week. Uh, bring me back to my Boston roots. That's exactly why. Yeah, it'd be pissa. be <laughs> wicked. Uh, nice. So that concludes our pop culture corner for this episode. Dirk, up next we have... The Call of the Week. The Call of the Week. Stand by. Lisa here. I'm back for the call of the week i thought i got the boot but i told these guys i'm a peacock gotta let me fly (laughs) ah we wouldn't give you the boot lisa we love having you on here so well thanks for having me so this call of the week we're discussing when you were off fto and you get this call that this guy was getting tased or no he was coming in hot sorry what does that mean what is coming in hot so it was, uh, I was on duty working graveyards, and one of my beat partners that I worked with, he calls over the radio and says, I need cover hot. 
Oh. Yeah. And that means like, hey, I need you as fast as as fast as you can get there, get here safely so you can help me. Mm-hmm. And as we're going through, or as I'm rushing there, like running lights and sirens, I hear him over the radio beep, say, beep. taser deployment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I arrive on scene and this other officer, I'm not going to say his name, he's wrestling with a guy on the ground and there's like a bicycle and there's a bunch of taser, uh, you know what the taser probes look like. You've oh, seen yeah, those. Oh, the wires. The wires. Yeah, there's the wires hooks. everywhere. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They're pretty long, aren't they? Yeah, I think we used, like, I think they're the 25-foot cartridge. Jeez. So, I mean, there's just a ton of this cord, like, wrapped around both of them, and they're, like, wrestling on the ground. Do you and know how fast those things can deploy? Like, when you shoot it out, what's the... I don't know the PSI off the top of my head, but it's fast. Oh, Wow. I get there. He's wrapped up. They're both wrapped up in the cords. There's like a bike in the mix, like a little BMX bike. Mm -hmm. And I see the taser probes coming from the passenger seat of the patrol car. And it was just your, this guy that calls for help, right? It's not like him and a partner or anything. It's just him, right? Yeah. And I was like, what in the world? So we finally, I I, I just noticed that to begin with. Mm -hmm. We get this guy in cuffs and I asked this officer, I'm like, what in the world? What happened? And he goes, well, I see a drug deal go down. I try to contact this guy and basically gives him the cold shoulder and just takes off on the bike. So I look I look out the passenger window and I'm like, well, how did you... The taser probes are coming from inside the car. Right. <laughs> and I ask him and he's like, oh, I tased him while I was driving. <laughs> so he's driving, screaming at this dude, hey, stop. Guy's not listening. He rolls down his passenger window Double O sevens his ass. Yeah, he tased the guy while he was riding a bicycle, a pedal bike. Oh. Through the he's sitting in the driver's seat. Gosh, that's the, talent. That's the, multitasking in the extreme. Well yeah, in these the taser probes go at a certain degree. So you have yeah. to be somewhat close. And they're not that stable too. It's not like you're shooting a gun where the, the line is gonna be that I mean there's a slight drop too, so you gotta Man, that's that's talented. Yeah. So this, I mean, this officer tased this guy through the passenger window, and got him into custody. And he turned out he had a bunch of heroin on him, which Ooh. was a really good bust. But yeah. I, I was surprised. I was like, that is some talent, you know. I, in today's uh, today's day, that might be considered um, against policy to do that while they're riding a bike. Because I mean, this guy had a knot on his head, well. the size of an apple. Well, I mean, if you fall off a bike anyways, you're going to have some battle scars, so... True, I mean... To each his own. Yeah. After that whole incident, you guys arrested him, and did anybody say anything about that? Like, hey, props, man, for your talent of multitasking, (laughs) or did they say, hey, no, no, or was it just like, good job for catching all that heroin? You know, he was kind of a not a very well-liked person on the department, Uh, which is unfortunate, because he was a really nice guy. mm Mm-hmm. Um... And actually, you met him, so you know. Yeah, big old teddy bear. He is. He's yeah. a giant teddy bear. So, Huge. Kind of uh, scary, but... He didn't get any flack for it, positive or negative, so... Hey, that's better than yeah, I guess negative. chewed. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, well, uh, that's the call of the week. Thank you so much for sharing and having me back, and <laughs> maybe I'll return. You need to stay uh, for every call of the week, I think, so... Well, if you insist, I yes. guess we can make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, let's, Lisa, um, I'm going to ask you because we, Teddy chewed up so much airtime this week again. No. <laughs> All the coffee. 
that bones. Did you guys talk about that? We did. And oh I wanted to gosh. get your opinion on it, actually. Oh, my gosh. Because you found it. You were the one who... I'm inspiration. Yeah, you found it. So what do you think? So, yeah, I just... I, you know, the first bones bag of coffee that I saw was that caramel one where the bones guy is sprinkling the salt off of his forearm like that <laughs> one chef and I just lost it I was like these guys are funny yeah. like that is so creative and the artwork on the bags I'm all about that because I'm just like I like small companies and Starbucks tastes like burnt stuff <laughs> it's just it's not for me I mean sorry Starbucks listeners, I'm sorry. I'm not trying right. to diss. It's just not for me. So uh, it happens. So well. So, anyways, I order you know the variety pack that they have, which is cool because you can try all these different samples. And there's like key lime pie. I'm like, what? I love key lime pie. I don't know how it would be for a coffee. Surprisingly amazing. And so, you told me about the dude. Right. Oh my gosh, the white Russian. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, yeah. I love the dude. And The Great Lebowski is one of my favorite movies. I mean, just... The Big Lebowski. The... Is it great or big? Um, that's what she said. <laughs> but big, anyways... The Big Lebowski. <laughs> the Big Lebowski. Did I say The Great? He still is great. He He's is. He's a great dude. <laughs> so, but anyways, I saw him on the cover of one, and I was like, I gotta have it, because that just... It looked great, and it sounded good. I love white Russians, so, you know, when in Rome. Uh, so I ordered the variety pack. I ordered, like, five different bags... And they shipped them remarkably fast. Like, I got the notification, ping, your uh, <laughs> coffee's in. And I'm like, really? Like, that was super fast. Run out there, grab it, brew up a cup of that. And it's just so smooth. It doesn't have that burnt taste that some coffees will have or that nasty after flavor in the back of your throat where you're like, I need a chaser because this is disgusting. Right. So we tried that Fruity Pebble Uni- unicorn. Electric unicorn. Electric today. unicorn, which is... Fruity Pebbles. Fruity Pebbles, basically. So it's like drinking the milk from Fruity Pebbles, and it's amazing. It's bomb.com. It's (laughs) awesome. So if you guys want to try some of their coffee, www.bonescoffee.com. (laughs) Boom. So that about wraps up this week's episode. Uh, Thanks again, Lisa. Teddy here is in the very background, so uh, we'll catch him next week when we do our episode seven what are you guys talking about on episode seven we are gonna do more from teddy's background nice and then dive deeper into my academy and then we have the departed starring leonardo dicaprio oh it's a good one matt damon and mark Wahlberg. jack nicholson got a huge crew so here's johnny All right, so uh, thanks for listening, and you can find us on Instagram and Facebook, Two Cops, T-W-O, and a Donut. And Teddy, what's our email? Our email is twocopsandadonut at gmail.com, and that's two cops spelled T-W-O. And last thing, before we leave, you have an announcement. I'm shaking with anticipation (laughs) with this one. So anyone who knows Teddy Maxwell knows that Teddy Maxwell's favorite holiday is Halloween. So uh, the end of October... Dirk and Teddy, myself, we're going to be bringing you a very, very special episode of Two Cops and a Donut. It's going to be two hours long, so it's going to be an extra hour, and we're going to be talking about John Carpenter's 1978 Halloween, starring Jamie Lee Curtis and Nick Castle as Michael Myers. Then we're going to dive into the new Halloween, which is coming out October 19th, which was the brainchild of Danny McBride. The trailer looks amazing. Uh, that episode two, we're going to be bringing what donuts, Dirk? 
Voodoo Donuts. Voodoo Donuts. Yes. So it's going to be a very special episode. We're going to try to get some new guests on the show for that one. It's going to be an extended one. Following that, uh, Dirk and I will be taking an extended leave to go on vacation. Yeah, for my wedding in the Dominican. In the Dominican Republic. So (laughs) that's going to be a longer one for our... uh, fans who enjoy the show so it can give them something to listen to over our uh, two-week hiatus yep so uh thanks for tuning in and stay uh stay with us for next week's episode yeah teddy and dirk out aim for the bushes